Hello, and welcome to the Mentally Fit Podcast. This is Dan Pierce, and I am really excited to introduce you to our guest today. Her name is Chazelle Muhammad. She is the founder of Unoya Coaching, where she works with people as well as businesses and executives to help them get from where they're at today to where they want to be. And Chazelle says that you can break down any goal into steps, actionable steps that you can take and really change and getting from point A to point B is just a matter of breaking it down into those steps and taking action. So I'm really excited to introduce you to Chazelle. She has a ton of wisdom to share and for her to show us this method to get from point A, where we are today, to point B, where we want to go. So without further ado, let's jump right in. My name is Shazelle Muhammad, and I am a skills facilitator, a trainer, a certified hypnotist, and a life coach. And I facilitate trainings and community building throughout New Jersey. My company is Unoya Global, formerly Unoya Coaching. And we are able to work in our communities here in New Jersey with young people, individuals, organizations, nonprofits, and for-profit companies to help them get from where they are to where they want to be. In the last year, we've been very fortunate to be able to bring our skills and our help and resources to the continent of Africa. That's been our newest outshoot of our organizational help and assistance to young people and adults all over the world. So we're really happy about that. That's amazing. Uh, we definitely got to talk more about that on a future episode. Um, we're here today, of course, to talk about the three steps to get from where you are now to where you want to be. What are those three steps? So the three steps, and they apply to whatever it is that you are looking to achieve, whether it's an individual goal, whether it's a team goal or an organizational goal. It's just you have to scale it on that on that magnitude and apply it specifically. But the three steps are these, mindset, transforming it, skill set, expanding it, and habit set, practicing it. Hmm. So give me an example of somebody, um, a situation, obviously without names, uh, that you've worked with recently. What, how do you apply those three steps? Great question, Dan. So I'll take it from a very general perspective. When we look at the first step, which is mindset, mindsets, our mindsets, we need to transform them in order to achieve something different, to see our possibilities in a different way. So we are able to see new possibilities for ourselves and for others. For example, we ask ourselves or ask myself, what's the weather in my head? Is it a storm cloud or is it a sunny day with a beautiful breeze? So just imagine for yourself, if the weather in your head today was cloudy with the possibility of thunderstorms, and if you can picture like gray skies, gray clouds over your head, like a group of clouds and, and the stormy formation, ready to rain, hovering over your head everywhere you go, that would mean that everything that goes into or out of your head, into or out of your brain, is really getting filtered through that storm. So it very naturally clouds our experiences in that way. So that's how we look at, we examine our mindset. We ask ourselves, what's the weather in my head? And this is a question to ask ourselves 
more than one time in the course of a day, depending on how we're feeling. We're checking in with ourselves. Another way to look at that initial step of mindset is to check our data streams. And now, as much as ever, where we get our information is extremely important to our mental health and the achievement of our goals because it affects our mindset. Where do we receive our information from is the question. On social media, which platforms do we trust? On TV, which channels do we trust? These are all choices. And we have to understand that this information, the data that we're choosing to subscribe to and take in is what we are digesting mentally. Our data streams feed our brain, thus feeding our emotions and our feelings and ultimately impact our behavior. So the first step to that is examining the mindset. What's the weathering ahead? What are their data streams feeding me? And then the second is how do I transform my mindset? And that all begins with self-awareness, being aware of the data streams, being aware of the weather in your head. That's how you get started. Nice. So I think, yeah, for, for myself, you know, a lot of people, I think that mindset part is so, so important because, you know, like you said, it's the starting point. Uh, if you're not aware of the weather in your head, it's kind of hard to change it. It's hard to know how to react or respond rather than react in some situations. Um, and I think we've all been there where you wake up in the morning and uh, the weather is gray in your head, right? You're not feeling so great. And that can really color your experience of the whole world. So it can really change like those small little changes in mindset can really have a, a massive impact on how you perceive the world and how you react or respond to different situations. You've got it exactly, Dan. And one of the things I suggest is like a quick hit. So then how do we, once we realize it, once we are opening up our self-awareness and realizing that, hey, I've been walking around with a cloud over my head for a few days, making that connection to our state of, our state of being emotionally and psychologically and our mental health. Once we are aware of that, okay, how do you, what do you do about it? One, you change your data streams. You, you feed yourself with information that feeds you and sends you directionally in the direction you want to go. The other way is I call it mindset music. I have a playlist that I play in the morning that gets me in my, gets, I call it a get my mind right. I get my mind right for the day ahead. I've got conferences, if I've got lectures, if I've got training, if I've got a speech to do. My mindset music is gonna get me in the, in the frame of mind to be successful. So it's listening to music that makes you feel how you want to feel versus how you feel right now. And I have a playlist, like I said, in the morning. I've got a playlist in the evening. So if you've ever noticed, Dan, if you listen to sad music or like slow music, you start to feel sad. Maybe you start mm -hmm. to think about sad things that have happened. Yeah. Music, it works on vibrational frequencies. Our bodies are vibration, vibrational frequencies. So music actually affects the vibrations at which our bodies operate so that they can disturb our rhythms inside of our body. So when you talk about when we talk about feeding it and transforming our mindsets, one of the quickest ways to do that is to put on or change the music. Because if we're listening to sad music, we're going to feel sad. If we're listening to love songs, we're going to think about being in love or when we lost love. So changing the data stream and changing your mindset music to fit how you want to feel are two surefire ways to adjust and transform our mindsets. Yeah, absolutely. I, and I think it's tempting, you know, when we are feeling sad to listen to music that is going to reinforce that mood. Uh, but it sounds like from what you're saying that 
when we're sad, it actually might make more sense to listen to something uplifting. Is that right? Absolutely. You've got it. Play music on how you want to feel, not how you feel now. Because as you just stated, it's going to feed your emotions. It's going to confirm, yeah, I've got the right to be sad. Listen to all these sad songs. They're telling me I should be sad right now. Listen to all these songs. They're all sad too. I'm just one of the bunch. Yeah. Um, you know, there is something to uh, being in your emotions for a certain time. Like if you're sad, feel sad. But when you're ready to jump out of it, you, now you know and you have a way to jump out of it. Put on some happy music, something inspiring uh, to break that mindset and move into a different mindset. Absolutely. Feel our feelings, identify them, and then see how can we move forward powerfully? How can we use those feelings to move us forward powerfully? We can use sadness to bring about change. We can use sadness and, and hurt feelings and, and failures to breed success. It's all in our mindset, how we choose to leverage those things in our lives versus how we choose to let them lay in our minds and in our hearts that may feel heavy to us versus invigorating. Mm, yeah, I like that. Let's talk a little more uh, about the data streams because I think now more than ever, that is so important because a lot of us, myself included, you know, we're glued to our social media, to the news. You know, I, I was not a big news watcher before a lot of the stuff that's been going on, but now, um, you know, it's happening right here outside our windows, right? Everywhere you look, there's mm -hmm. things happening. So the news is something that is on for a lot of people. And our brains are really highly stimulated by a lot of the news that's on, a lot of the things that are coming out in social media. How do we, um, first of all, in what way does the brain process that information? Because I know there's a lot of subconscious processing that goes on, even if we don't consciously pick things up, we're subconsciously picking it up. Um, and then how can we protect ourselves and what sort of streams of data do you suggest people hook up to and which streams do you suggest that they cut back on? So to answer your question, I would say that the first step is to analyzing how you're feeling when you're experiencing those data streams. So for example, I'm not a big TV watcher, period. I used to watch TV, I used to fall asleep with the TV on until I realized that what was playing on the TV was getting into my dreams and my sleep. So if someone was like, there was some high paced uh, action movie on TV and I'm, people are maybe having a, uh, a crash scene, I'm started dreaming about crashes. So when I realized that the information was getting into my brain passively, I no longer slept with the TV on. So it's about understanding how we're feeling, how those data streams are causing us to feel. Are you watching the news and you're feeling your heart rate increase? Are you, are you watching social media? Are you on your phone and you can feel your shoulders start to tense up and go up closer to your ears? Do you feel tension wherever you hold it in your body, in your back or your neck or wherever that is for you? Do you feel your heart rate start, heart rate start to increase? Do you feel yourself starting to get angry or sad or upset? Or is it changing your emotions? Or... Are you taking it as, as information to be, um, to be filtered, to then decide how you feel about it? So we should be mindful of the signals our bodies send us while we're digesting these data streams. That's the first step. When it comes to social media and TV, we have to be extremely careful because what we're consuming means that we trust the source of the information. If we're a regular watcher of a particular TV channel or a particular social media platform, and we regularly consume that data, 
we are saying that that is a trusted source of information for our brain because that's the habit that we have, that we have continued. We formed a habit. And, and the way it impacts our brains is that that what you do on a regular basis becomes that what you do on a regular basis. Habits are formed by repetition. And when we repetitiously, repetitiously do something, it confirms for our brain that's what we should be doing. Brain says, that's what you should be doing right now. I'm going to send you signals to want to do that thing. So you're teaching your brain that it's a good source of information. It's a good thing to do because you keep doing it. So we have these neural pathways in our brain that form after we continue and we make habits. There are these connections between the neurons that send signals from different parts of our brain and that control our, our behavior, our feelings, our emotions, our hormones. So when we confirm to the brain, as I said, through our habits, we are putting credence in these social media platforms and in these channels that they are trusted sources of information. So our brain sort of takes down those filters, those questioning filters, because you keep watching it, because you keep consuming it, the brain says, oh, this is good stuff. I don't have to be aware. I don't have to be on guard. But we really do. We must take each source and decide, is this a trusted source of information for me? Because look, stations, whether they're online um, news outlets or on TV, they have a goal and it's for viewership. So their content is not always geared to be the most transparent. It is geared to cater to their viewership, what their viewers want. Do their viewers want information and incitement? And that's what they give them. So we must be very careful with what we allow in our brains. Just like food in our bodies, we must be careful and diligent about what we allow because we are feeding our brains and our emotional mental states by these actions. Yeah, that's so true. And I think what I found for myself is that, uh, and I've seen for other people as well, is that your information diet is as important as, you know, the diet that you eat, you know, like your food diet. Because if you're not careful, like you said, if your brain is taking in all of that information, letting down uh, sort of those filters, it can really, it can go either a positive direction or a really negative direction really fast, depending on what you're consuming. Yeah, it really can. And, and we are, by and large, and we doesn't mean everyone unequivocally, it means by and large, we are conditioned to see information, check it in our brains quickly. Oh, that sounds true. It sounds possible. It sounds plausible. Then we share it. So we've told ourselves that it's true because it seems possible or plausible and we've shared it, which means the next person that gets it from us, now we're the source of information they're getting it from. Mm. And, they, and if they trust us, they're going to trust that piece of information. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so it's very important to be mindful. Yeah. So run me through the steps one more time. The first step is awareness. Mind. First step is mindset. Mindset. Mindset, transforming our mindset. In order to transform our mindset, we must first examine it. So it's examining and transforming our mindset. That's step one of the process. Okay, so we covered step one. And then step two? Step two is skill set. Skill to expand our skill set, yes. So let's talk about that. How, what do you mean about skill set? So in order to expand our skill sets, we must first examine our skill sets. And what that means is we have to look at the gaps in our skills. None of us are fully skilled or able to do everything we'd like to do. For example, there was a time where we didn't know how to ride bicycles, those of us that ride bicycles. 
we had to learn that as a skill. So there was a gap between where I was when I was two years old to where I was when I was five years old and I could ride a bicycle really, really well. So we still have skill gaps because we don't know everything that we need to know yet, or we'd be completely baked, all done, ding, you're done, and there's nothing else for you to do. So there are always skill gaps. So if there's any goal that you're trying to achieve, we must expand our skill set by first examining our failures, because that's where the gaps show up. So we think about times where we didn't achieve what we wanted to achieve, and we ask ourselves, were there skills missing there? Was it something that I needed to know how to do that I didn't know how to do? A super easy example is money. Asking yourself the question, am I struggling financially with, or with financial freedom because I don't know how to budget and manage my money? Those are skills. So the failure could be a skills-based failure that could be overcome by learning new skills. Another mm -hmm. example would be weight loss. Is my weight loss hindered because maybe I don't know how to cook? So learning how to cook would help me eat healthier foods at home instead of eating out. Those are examples of examining our skill sets. Nice. That makes sense. Um, how do you know if it's an issue of mindset versus an issue of skill set when you're examining that? That's a great question. The way that you know, skill sets show up as things you can learn. Those are things that you could take a class to learn. Skills are always learnable things that you can get through instruction. Mindset, you don't learn a mindset through instruction. You learn a mindset through the, the work that goes into self-awareness is seeing that you need to have a mindset shift. Your mindset is, is, we need to get through some work on our mindsets, the paradigms through which we experience life, those filters, the weather in our heads, our data streams. That's how you examine the mindset. Skill sets are skills based, like training things. Those are things that can be helped or failures that can be turned around based on training. For example, as an executive, you go into meetings and you have meetings with different partners and folks that you want to do business with or want to do business with you. You have to know how to communicate in professional circles. That's not something that people are born with. Those are skills that you acquire over time through reading books, through taking courses, through being coached by people. Those are skill builder things, your vocabulary, your executive presence. Those are not things that you can think up in your head and suddenly do or examine because of your self-awareness. You need to be taught those things. That's how you know it's a skills gap. That makes sense. So what's the final step in the three-step process? The final step is habit set. Habit set is all about what we do on a regular basis and we must practice good habits. So the first step, Dan, in examining that habit set piece is keeping a daily log of our activities for at least three days. From the time we wake up in the morning to bedtime. What did I do with my time? Most of us, do not realize what we do with our entire days. We know the day flies by, oh, this day flew by. Mm -hmm. We look back, someone says, what'd you do today? We can remember maybe two, three major things we did. Oh, I feel accomplished, I was productive, I did this, this, and this. When we look a little more closely, we go, hmm. Well, when the time I got up, I checked my phone, I searched the internet, I was on social media, I went downstairs, turned the news on, 
I made breakfast, I watched more news, I answered my emails, I did this, I did that. All the things that have really consumed the vast majority of my day were not those three big productive, big milestones that I met. Mm. There were the other things. So when we take a look at how we spend our time and how we, what we spend our time doing and how much time we give to those activities, because these are all about choices, our regular and often repeated actions, which are our habits, we have to realize that they drive our results. What we do dictates what we get. That's why habit set is extremely important in getting from where you are now to where you want to be. Nice. I love that. Yeah. What comes to mind for me is uh, social media. It's been something that I've wrestled with a lot. And I know a lot of people have wrestled with it um, because we often don't realize how much time we spend on social media. It just adds up throughout the day. And when you look at it, when you get that screen time report from Apple and they're like, you spent seven hours uh, this week on social media, you're like, wow, <laughs> that's a long time. How about that for an eye opener? Yeah, it's a serious, serious habit. Um, and like you said, those actions create the habits which create the results and turn you into the person um, who those results are going to make you into. So, Absolutely. yeah. So what are some habits that um, you have or that you often recommend to your clients that you work with? The first habit I recommend is some type of movement whether you call it exercise, whether you call it whatever you want to call it, stretching, walking, yoga, Pilates, going for a walk around the block consistently every day, whatever that means for you, movement is important. Movement moves the blood, moves, gets our circulation system, our limbic system going. It helps improve our overall health, our overall health and well-being, not only physically, but mentally, emotionally, and psychologically. Movement we need to move as people. It's a requirement of our bodies, our bodies we have to move. If you notice, if you don't move for a while, what happens? You get stiff. Yeah. We must continue to move, keep the blood flowing and keep, the, keep the, all the joints and things lubed because you've got movement. That's the first thing I recommend. The second thing I recommend strongly is getting enough sleep. Sleep is underrated. <laughs> Typically, at least seven hours of sleep a night. That's the average. I know some people go, I can get by on five hours. I feel great the next day. Some people say, I get four and a half and I'm feeling great. Some people say, I need eight or I'm kind of fuzzy. Yeah. I know there are wide ranges of what people say and feel and experience that they really need to be successful. What the data has shown us over many, many decades now is that by and large, on average, people need more. Those that are getting four and a half and five and a half hours, by and large, it is having an incremental impact on their bodies on the long term. The short term, it's habitual. We've learned to, to, um, to go through our days. We've learned to go to work and be home and go through our daily activities with this short amount of sleep. What it's telling us is that the brain is still being deprived, that you could actually be more effective if you had more sleep on a regular basis. So exercise or movement and sleep are the top two things that I recommend. The third thing that I recommend is really exploring the things that we do, not just the habits, but our lives and entirely. So for example, not just the mindset, skill set, and habit set, but also our environment, including the people in our lives. Because in addition to what we do, the people that we choose to have in our inner circle affect our 
our mental and emotional, physical and psychological health on an everyday, real-time basis. So we also should look at those relationships too. Yeah, I love that you brought that up. Um, all of those, I mean, are so, so vital. Um, and yeah, I've heard over and over again how important sleep is uh, from so many different experts in different areas. They're like sleep, whether it's addiction, depression, anxiety, whatever, sleep is the number one thing they look at first because that can cause such a huge chain uh, reaction of positive uh, outcomes. Um, but also the the friends, you know, it's co commonly said that we are the sum of our five closest friends. Um, could you speak to that and how somebody who, you know, maybe has never taken stock of who's around them before might go about looking at their relationships and deciding whether or not they're serving them or not? Yeah, definitely. It's definitely worth exploring. One of the things we look at is, so without, without, it's, without it being about what uh, written accomplishments or accomplishments you can write down on a piece of paper, we've got to start somewhere. So, and I always recommend writing things down. That way you can see it in black and white and go back and reflect on it. So an exercise would be to write down your five closest friends, just as you said. Write down the top, the top three things that you admire about them. Two things that you feel like they could do better, or that as a good friend you would give them constructive feedback on. And the one thing that they help you do better and that they help make better about you. So when we look at our friendships that way, and then we can take a stock and go, okay, first that reveals to us the, the types of friends we have in our lives based on their impact on us. One, what we know about them, what they're doing in their lives. And we say, well, this friend here is, has his own business, He's um, working hard, he's an entrepreneur, he's doing things that are similar to what I wanna do, he's a good motivator for me. This friend over here is, has a very different lifestyle. This friend over here is not doing those types of things. And when I talk to this friend over here, we talk about the types of things that they're into and I don't get to talk about my goals and the things that I'm most passionate about. So we take stock of our friendships and, it, and because we need to, get from where we are to where we need to be. It doesn't mean that we're taking stock of our friendships because we're looking to cut friends out. That's not the purpose of this. Our intention is to see who we have in our lives and why we have them in our lives. Because if you discover that you have a friend in your life that you didn't realize they play such an important role in your, in your emotional health, and you say, wow, everything I think about when I talk about this friend and the contribution they make to my life is that when I have stress and I'm really upset, I call them and they bring me out of that. So it doesn't matter what their accomplishments are on paper. That's how this friendship builds me up. And that's how I build them up. This is a key friendship. I want to spend more time serving that friendship. So we can become cognizant of the dynamics our friends play in our lives and the dynamics we play in their lives as well by doing this exercise and then making a choice. This is all about choices making a choice on which friendships we're going to invest more time in and which friendships we need to readjust the time that we spend there. Like we talked about consuming um, data streams. Our friendships are data streams for us and we are data streams for them as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think one overarching theme that I'm kind of seeing is that um, going through these three steps to 
getting from where we are now to where we want to be, it requires a lot of intention, you know, that mindfulness piece. Um, and the more intention we can bring to each of those three steps, the more intentional we can be about who we surround ourselves with, what we consume as far as information, um, the more in control of the outcome we can be. You've got it exactly, Dan. It is about intention. It is about working within our circle of control and it is about choice. Our intention, what it is that we really, really want for ourselves, for others, for our relationships, for our lives. And then working within our circle of control, which is literally the perimeter of our bodies. This is all we can control. And then our circle of influence spreads out from there. And then the final piece is, is about choice. We have the power to choose. Every day we make thousands of decisions, sometimes without thinking, but we have more choice than we think we have. And we need to exercise that power on a more intentional basis. Well said. Well, Chazelle, thank you so much. Um, where can we send people who want to learn more about you or get in touch with you to work with you? You can send them to my website, Unoya Global, spelled E-U-N-O-I-A Global, G-L-O-B-A-L.com. They can also reach out to me via email, just think, T-H-I-N-K, at UnoyaCoaching.com. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Shazelle Muhammad. She is just incredible, isn't she? I really enjoyed her perspective and her knowledge and those useful skills. Um, what I really, really love about Shazelle and the way she teaches is that it's so actionable. We can take everything that she said to us right now and apply it in our lives. So. I hope you're fired up. I hope you're excited and inspired to apply those steps to go from where you are now to where you want to be. Hope you're ready to apply those to one thing and to get it done. Because that's what it's all about. You gotta take action. So let me know what you're working on and what you're gonna apply these skills to. I would love to hear uh, your journey. Join us in the Mentally Fit community at joinmentallyfit.com. Sign up there, it's currently free, and join the community. Let us know what you're working on, let us know what you thought about this episode, and more importantly, just join us for support and connection with other like-minded people. I hope to see you there, and I will talk to you soon. Oh, and one more thing before you go. If you wouldn't mind, um, I would consider it a huge, huge favor personally for me if you would just leave us a review of this podcast wherever you're listening to it. Your review helps us to reach more people. It's going to help us get higher up in the rankings on the podcast charts and help us reach more people with this important information. So I appreciate you for taking a couple minutes to leave us a review right now. You rock. Thank you. I'm assuming you're doing it because you're cool <laughs> and I appreciate that. Um, but yeah, with that said, I'm going to close it out and I look forward to seeing you in the Mentally Fit community soon. Take care. Talk to you next time.